looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental, one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no BS, helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things, the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do. No excuses. Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. All right. Good morning. We are we got live. Just so you know, too, Zach, that people, if anybody's here listening, we can see we already got listeners popping on. Welcome to ask some questions of him as we kind of go through his uh, journey a little bit. Good morning. Out good in morning. Uh, Houston, California, too. So we get to say good morning. Most of the time, sometimes most people are on the East Coast when I'm, I'm doing these shows. So you're on our same time zone out in the uh, San Francisco area. Welcome to the show, Zach. I'm glad you joined us. Unique way we got to learn. I, I I found out about you on a on a podcast. Uh, you know, you you put in as as wanting to be a guest, and I and I happened to do that same thing. And it's kind of how we kind of gelled. I found you because being a, a veteran, you know, we've got a heart for our veterans and what I, especially in my world, in my martial arts world. And so I wanted to welcome you aboard. As a matter of fact, I think now Danielle is listening right now. Her husband's a uh, a veteran marine. So you're going to get your you're going to get your people on here listening to you. So I want to give you a couple seconds, Zach, to go ahead and introduce yourself, and and we're just going to jump right into what it is you do. So take the floor, sir. Okay. Yeah. So I have a horse facility in the Bay Area, just a few minutes from the San Francisco Zoo, and I found that horses kind of saved my life. It brought me back from uh, from the the traumas and anxieties that I had uh, from post uh, Afghanistan and, um, you know, coming back and I, the horses saved me and I kind of just dedicated my life to, to being with horses and to help them. And I found that, uh, I, I wanted to start helping other veterans. So I, uh, decided to just let veterans ride for free at my facilities and, um, veterans just started coming and I had a lot of them, uh, give me their, their stories and how the horses were helping them. Um, and so this is, a, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I just got this new facility and still we hold true to veterans ride for free. So in your, so let's talk about a, a couple of things, uh, you know, in your, in your bio that you sent to me, well, first of all, what branch of service did you, who'd you serve with? I was in the army. And were you in any, any special ops or just, uh, yeah, I was in long range surveillance when I was active duty. Um, and then, uh, when I got out of active service i i switched over to being a paper pusher for a while in the reserves that was fun so, uh, so you uh, so you stuck with reserves for a little bit afterwards yeah yeah oh, that's good it says here so it like like a lot of veterans you guys that are listening on here it says after facing challenges mental struggles you deserve solace and renewal through horses which which this is what's inspired your your purpose to help help them and it says here Revenue generated from non-veteran riders ensures that his invaluable service remains complimentary for those who served. Today, Zachary stands on the beacon of resilience 
and channeling his passion to uplift fellow veterans through the therapeutic power of horseback riding. Now, so you have a facility, and let's see what Danielle has to say here. Yes, horses are so calming. That's awesome. Thank you, Daniel. So, so I owned a horse. I forgot to tell you about that. So I owned a horse uh -huh. for a long time. His name was Black. And it was, uh, this was many years ago, and, and I had, it was a, he was a, uh, a quarter horse racer, as a matter of fact. And, you know, he was a big boy, and he's, and I, when I was, had horse property, he would, that's the first time I ever owned a horse. Now, owning a horse is kind of like having a child with no, uh, no health insurance. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> having it shoot and, and having it, all the medical stuff that comes along, and then to feed it and yeah, to take care awesome. of it. But it was definitely a therapeutic thing. So, and how I lost black, unfortunately, there's a, I don't know, there's a certain kind of disease that they can get from possum feces and it kind of messes their brain And you know, I'll never forget my horse. We could not get him. We couldn't get him. Well, we tried all kinds of medications and it just kind of took him. And so after that, I remember when we had to put black down and him laying there in the mud and I was down there with him in the rain. And, you know, that was, that was a rough, that was a rough day. So I know how therapeutic horses were. I used to love it. I lived in, um, on a lane that, you know, the houses all had kind of where you can ride it. So at Christmas time, I, I'd, I'd zip up as Santa Claus and drive around the thing. And I had a really good time with that. So I get where, where horses are now. Did you have any, any of that experience in the army? Did you do anything with the horses in the army? Yeah, so I didn't do anything um, like army related, but while I was in, I would go find uh, opportunities to cowboy or uh, work on stables for the weekends uh, when I wasn't employed or out of school. So uh, I, I, I found opportunity. Um, and then when I got out, I stopped for a while. I, I, I did what you're supposed to do. I was like, okay, I have GI Bill. I'm supposed to go to school. I'm supposed to be an adult in the real world. And, um, and it was you know, pretty devastating. I think that that losing the horses and then losing your team and losing your purpose, uh, all of that together really uh, uh, took a toll on me. Um, and so later on in my, uh, while I was going to school, I came across the gentleman who uh, wanted help tipping his Mustangs. And uh, that was, that was the moment that I got back into it. And it was a moment that made me feel like almost like a kid again. And then I started chasing that feeling. Uh, that, well, that's good. Now, did you, so as a young, as a young uh, man, did you, was horses part of what you were? That's a, so as a young man, um, uh, girls were a part of who I was. And there was a girl that, that had a horse. Well, that's how it all starts. Yeah. And so I like the girls. So then obviously I like horses because I like the girl and, uh, you know, then I started developing a better relationship with the horses than the girl. She showed up with another guy and I was like, Hey, can I still hang out with your horses? <laughs> uh, so that was the first uh, like experience with horses. Yeah. So that's how it starts. Yeah. We usually start chasing, chasing the, you chase the skirt and then the, and you fall in love with what they have. So that, yeah. that, that, that is. And then of course it's an animal. So you really fall in love with it as it is too. So I get, I, I get it. I get that. Well, let's talk about the mental part of it first, okay? Now, in the in the military, when you when you serve, we talked a little bit about this uh, offline before we got on there. But I'm telling you that this is something that we speak about quite often. We have a lot of veterans in in our organization. I have studio owners that are vets, 
I'm around them quite often. We just did, uh, they just did a fundraiser for a major, uh, a major veterans in out in uh, Georgia. And our keynote speaker named Ryan Davis, if you have a minute, I don't know if you went and listened to his um, podcast on with me, but Ryan Davis is the, is the podcast that I had the most listens with. And he was blown up uh, and with no leg, no hip. Uh, one of his arms are gone, both, you know, uh, his legs. And then all the way up to, you know, his one leg. And, you know, he's been doing Krav now for a while. And his last YouTube, man, he's in a wheelchair. And we got Joe, you know, the other vet that's training him and kicking him off in at kicking him in his chair and and him fighting this way and using jujitsu. And, you know, he's went from uh, he's went from this refined. We built some stuff in, in the school so that, you know, we you know, we make fun of it all the time, you know, because we can't laugh at it. You can't. It looks like a human. uh pinata i told him when you're hanging up on this this thing we're getting him we're so we're getting him going but telling you that it's amazing that he's alive number one it's amazing what he's gone through mentally and then to see the strength he's getting through through martial arts and he talks a lot about of course he had suicidal thoughts a lot about mental problems that our vets have and wanting to commit suicide and was this a any kind of a driving force? Did you lose anybody that you know to that at all? Yeah, I, I lost people. Um, you know, I lost uh, several people while we were in Afghanistan. Um, and then it, it's like there's a trickle effect too, because you'll come back to the real world, but you you have people you know who stay in, and then you know every year another deployment, another another call, another notice on another person down. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty devastating. I, I would say that, you know, that's, it's obviously devastating to lose people. Um, and, and, uh, especially when you're there and, and, and it's like one minute they're there when the, another minute they're not, um, and that's unfortunate. Um, coming back into the real world, I felt like I lost everybody for a moment too. Um, cause you came, you, you get out of the military, you come home and you lose every support system. It seems. Um, and then you feel kind of bad when you see some, you feel really bad when somebody, uh, you know, is lost and you're no longer a part of the team, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, those are things that, that, that keep, uh, keep hitting you and never stops. Uh, even like I tell people the horses, they're my therapy. Uh, they're not a cure though. When I work with a horse, I, I'm, I come out of it. Uh, what much better, my, my day's better. You could see a, a direct correlation between when I work with the horse and when I don't. Uh, but if I don't work with the horse for a while, then stuff keeps creeping back up, you know? So. I, and we, yes, and we understand that. So, and, and the audience that's listening, this is why it was really important to have you on Zach to, to let you listen because the, the average person does not really realize what our military goes through. The sacrifices they put on the line, the people they lose. Now, I, I didn't. I, I don't know if I shared this with you. There, it looks like you have a, a brother online says, named Doug Claus. Doug, how you doing, Doug? Good to see you on here. And so, uh, my our team three, my jujitsu program is called Team Three, and that was our jujitsu instructor was in overseas also, and he lost eleven of his men. So that's you'll. That's his team his team three. So he was a, a ranger led team three and lost his men. 
and he too was told that he would never walk again. He was he was uh, wounded, lost purpose, and everything else. And jujitsu is what saved him. Became a world champion. You know, now he's also on SWAT team. He's a detective in in, in the Elmani the Elmani Police Department, and he says the same thing. So, of not having purpose or us keeping his men alive by calling our, ourselves Team Three. Team Three is what keeps those eleven guys everywhere we go. Team Three is represented every time we compete. Team Three is represented. His men will never be forgotten in our schools. Their faces hang up in my school. And every time we go out there, we go out there to for Sergio's men, right? So we get this this loss of purpose. And I, and I want to ask you about that. When you came out, how did you how did you cope first? Did you have somebody that you can go to? Did you do it on your own? So for those that are out there kind of struggling a little bit, let, let's let's get to where where you did and and how you started to help yourself. Yeah, I, so I didn't cope at first. Uh, came back, and again, I started with the right process, I suppose. I, I uh, was going to school. I even started a little business. I um, was doing what we, what you would assume is the right process. Uh, and I was miserable. I, I, I missed the team. I missed the, the, the goals. I missed the, you know, the, the things that, you know, I, I joined the military when I was 17. I, my, my adult structure came from that. And there's a level of adulthood that you just don't get when you're in the military. They, they, they kind of hold you together a bit. Um, and, and then you get kind of kicked out there in the real world and, you know, you, you understand the process, but you don't understand well. And so I felt alone. I felt uh, I was struggling and I started drinking. I, I didn't start bettering myself or finding purpose until I drank my, I drank enough to, to get a DUI, which that kind of was my rock bottom. I went to this place, this Vietnam vet kind of got my story and said, okay, you like horses? Well, I happen to have horses and I tip Mustangs. And he's like, instead of coming here, I know that you have to do this program for your DUI, uh, come to my ranch and, and we'll uh, work with some Mustangs. And so that, that was, somebody gave me an opportunity. Um, to work with these Mustangs. I had a, a background with horses and, and that was the changing factor. So I, I did my few times I was supposed to do. Then I found that I started going there every weekend and I, I spent all of my extra time with these horses and I was, I was, I was in and it just changed everything. It made me uh, have hope and it gave me purpose. Every time you work with a horse, you have to have a deliberate thing that you're working on. So I, I was getting goal oriented again. I, I was thinking about, okay, what else can I do to help these horses around? Like it was, it was all, it, 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 that was, that was the big change. Um, I, I had to kind of hit the, the hit rock bottom, do bad, I guess, in a sense to, to find where the purpose is. So that was my story about it. So, and that's not, yes, and that, that comes from a lot of people, just so you know. Um, you, Daniela just wrote you a, a nice note. This is, um, you know, she's, she's you know, her husband's the one that's a, a veteran Marine. Yeah. But she's witnessed this firsthand. Heart goes out to all of you, our heroes. And I would say that, yes, you guys do kind of, vets, 
law enforcement, they all firefighters, we, they all kind of lean on each other to kind of come in and then they still lose. They're still losing people on, on a regular, which is super sad to say the least, because you just, you know, you try hard. So I'm going to talk about this little thing called purpose. Because I, you know, military, it's definitely one thing, right? Going from, uh, you know, commanders or, or in, in, in combat, what you're doing young, but yet thrown in this adult situation where you have life and death situations going on around you and people, people having, uh, you know, injuries and death and everything else. And you got to grow up very quickly, but your purpose is already kind of manded in, in what you're doing in the, in, in the job, right? At, at second and then wham you come out and now maybe you getting hurt and then you really lose purpose because you can't even go out with your guys anymore so what tell me some other stories that's have you have is this the same thing over and over so people understand do you hear this quite often i just don't have any purpose with my life anymore whether they're married and, and they have a family do you feel that 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 is one of the number one things that you hear yeah, I, I hear a lot about losing their purpose. Uh, there's, I have one example. This is actually, um, this guy, his name is Michael. And early on in my building this business, he was the, the person that made me decide, okay, veterans are going to be free and I'm going to cut all the red tape uh, and, and just make it so that you show proof of service and you can come out and ride. His name is Michael. I was at the VA um, getting uh, uh, checked up on. And Michael was there and he was also being checked and he was throwing a fit because they weren't able to get him a ride uh, back to his place, which was happened to be really close to my ranch. So I was like, it's all right. I'm going to take you home. I, I got you. Just, just wait till I'm done with my thing and I'll take you home. And as we were driving, he was just talking about how you know, upset he is and how he's just not doing well and, and how the VA is not helping him and how he misses his team. And he talked about how he lost, you know, half his team on, on a mission. He went on his whole story and I was like, Hey, I, I had to stop by the ranch. You want to, you want to stop by the ranch with me? And I, I didn't actually have to, but I was like, I think that maybe you need horses. And so I went over there uh, and I showed him the place and he's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, okay, well you want to get on a horse? So got him on a horse. We went for a ride, uh, came back and said, all right, I'll take you home. He's like, well, could, could I just like hang out here? He's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I got one of my employees to, to do, give him a lesson and he was grooming horses. He just kind of sat there and groomed horses for hours. I was like, hey, whenever you want to go back, you let me know. I'll take you home. Uh, he stayed until we closed at the end of the day. I brought him home and he was like, Is there, can, could I come back tomorrow? I was like, yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. So I, I brought him back. Uh, and he ended up coming out like every day. Um, he was fully disabled. He didn't have a job, nor did he have the 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 will to do a job, have a job. And he came out, kept coming out. And after like a few months, he told me like I was going to kill myself. I, I I had that absolute plan. It was the day that you came, that you drove me. Um, I was going to go home, and I was done. And he's like, it, you know, this was the this was a huge change for him, and, and he. He found purpose in the horses. He found uh, something that he can help with in a world where he felt like he was useless and he had no purpose. These horses, he could find a way to be a, at service to the horses. And he can, because 
every little good try is is a benefit to the horse he was able to to make positive change and and see it in real time and so you know that made all the difference in the world for him so yeah see that now that's just an awesome story on 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 somebody uh, you know the intervening that god sometimes god just puts people right in your path and just yeah. it's just it's 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 nothing i don't think there's coincidences i think that there's interventions to be honest with you so what what an awesome thing now in your so you have employees and stuff so this is an actual business so you you obviously that i'm not sure you teach writing and stuff there also is that what it is to those that are not in service are you teaching writing and stuff and is that how it funds those that want to that want to use it your veterans sure. so the way it's funded is it, we do guided trail rides down to the beach we're right on the coastal line uh, so anybody who wants to come out and do a trail ride with their family or their loved ones they can come out uh, and they'll get a guided trail ride down to the beach if they want to do lessons we have a lesson program uh, we do team building uh, exercises using horses as a tool for team building uh, corporate events uh, we are building pods for the back end of the the property so people can stay and do full horsemanship clinics and uh, enjoy it kind of like a you know a guest ranch uh, we're putting a restaurant uh, a food truck that will permanently be on the property as a cowboy cookout so it's there's there's a lot of different avenues here uh, the the part that stays true for for what we're specifically talking about is veterans will ride the trail rides for free uh, I do clinics for veterans only so they can come out in a group and we can do these team building exercises but with veterans and if they want to do lessons they can I there's no no tape red tape you know as much or as little as a veteran wants to do out here I will I will build a team I will hire more employees if I have too many veterans I it's it's that is the number one goal is that we are helping horses and we're helping veterans uh, and then everybody else they need to keep coming so that we can keep affording to do this this uh, mission and yes, awesome business models. And do you find that those that are not veterans are excited about that they're what they're doing is helping veterans? Do you find that uh, those correlation? Who, who, do, do, who come to understand the correlation are really excited, but it's it's not like a high emphasis on that. Um, it says on our website, "Veterans Ride for Free," uh, but we're not we're not branding the whole hey you're coming and paying so that the veterans ride for free that is you know our underlying business model uh but i haven't really i i don't think that that it's like branded that way so some Got people it. see the 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 connection and and they're they're excited to do that um but most people are just coming to enjoy their ride with their loved ones um and then as they come and ride uh it makes it so that it makes sense that veterans can come ride for free well, you know, we're talking about this. Go ahead and let everybody know the name of so they can find you on 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 Facebook. Go ahead and give them the name of what you what it is. Yeah. First of all, it's Ocean View Stables. So it'd be OceanViewStables.com. And uh, we're located in the Bay Area, just a few minutes away from the San Francisco Zoo. So when you take them out on these trail rides and you say, you know, it's, it's by the beach now, are you taking them down to the beach like you see? Or is this you, you have trails that are uh, above sea level and you see? You know, you'll see the beach line and stuff like that. What does that look like? Yeah, so we're like 220 feet above the sea level, and we ride down to the actual beach. So you go down the bluffs. It's a beautiful ride all the way down to the beach, and then you come back up. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's an experience for sure. So now, is that part? 
did you put your stables there because there is trails for that particular thing? Is that how that, how, how did you choose that? This horse facility has been here for over a hundred years. It was a world war two, uh, horse facility for the cavalry. And then from there, it, it's changed hands as a recreational business for many years. Uh, and it, this was the first change of ownership in over 60 years. So we purchased it about six months ago and, uh, we're, we're bringing our, our love and attention to horses and to veterans and to the community. And we have a big plan for it. That is okay. Let me, okay. I, I got a question in the back of my head because I I've got another heart for things, but I want to ask you, uh, you, you said there for the horses also, uh, are you real bit, are you rehabilitating any horses also? Or where do you get your horses? Or how has that come about? Yeah, so it's one of my my favorite things to do is to to give uh, horses a second chances. It's I find horses with behavioral issues that others seem to not have uh, the ability or know how to fix, uh, and then I will purchase them and I will work through their uh, behavioral issues and and give them a second job. Yeah, so that's that's my. Uh, uh, favorite part of the the horse side, I, I get to work on my horsemanship uh, with each one of these new horses on our team. So you're one of those horse whisperers, per se. Is that correct? I I aspire to be. Yes. This. <laughs> the, what those are unique individuals too. There's just there's just some kind of connection. So I'm listening to you talk about all this, but I also know I've always had a heart for special needs kids, especially autistic kids and stuff like that. And I know that horses, for some reason have a special bond with autistic children. Not sure why. It's just something that they have. I've seen it over, over and over again. Uh, have you, has you had any uh, interactions with special needs uh, and horses? Yeah. Uh, so we're not a, uh, a therapy program um, in which, like there's some really awesome programs like Egala and Path where they work with uh, special needs kids and and really uh, work towards rehabilitating them with horses. That's that's amazing. That being said, if somebody comes for a lesson and and they, um, you know, have any disability, if I can work with it, I absolutely will, and I have. Um, and I think that horses, you know, they're super uh, emotionally intelligent. They know when you're putting a kid on them. They know when somebody is uh, kind of uh, aggressive. They 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 kind of pick up the slack if you're putting somebody on them that, that needs that extra help. I don't know why they're just, I, they're just brilliant. I know. It's, I know it's, it's, they've, it's always been horses always have amazed me that way too. You know, even when I had black, I remember riding black. I remember when we first found the disease, we were kind of going down and I can tell he was struggling. I'm like, what's the deal black. And I, I could tell, but on the same token, he would, he was like almost protecting me. You know what I mean? I could just feel it. I, I could feel like, Hey man, something's off. And, uh, you know, he kind of looked back at me and like, and I said, Hey man, do we need to walk at home? You know? Uh, and you know, so I hopped off and, and, uh, you know, we walked home together, you know? And I, I remember that day too, just kind of nudging me on the shoulder. Like he's just telling me, Hey man, something's not right. You know, something's. Uh, something's off. And I remember, I'm telling you, man, I remember that vividly. And that was started, that was kind of the start of the decline of, of losing my horse. And, and then, you know, trying to get another one was, you know, they need that, they need that, 
that attention. And if you can't have, you know, you just, it's just not worth, you know, having it. It's, it's better to make sure they have a home that, you know, that they can deal with. But, you know, I've always felt animals are super therapeutic anyway. All of them, you know, my, I, I love time with my dog. You know, I love early mornings, like right before I came here every morning I do this, you know, I get up early and I kind of sit and do some reading or we'll answer some emails and, you know, my dog will sit on my lap and my other one's on the couch and that's our early morning. It's just what I do. You know, it kind of sets the day, it sets the tone, kind of relieves a little bit of stress per se. Now you have employees. Are you there full time? Is it your full time gig or do you have it as a business? And you say you have big plans for it. So let's let's talk a little bit what your your vision is. Yeah, so I I, I have employees. I'm this this one is at a infancy stage still. Uh, I'm still very involved in every aspect of it. So is my business partner. Uh, but it's, it's a business and we've, we've structured it very well. Uh, you could think like your, your, um, uh, jujitsu, um, business, you're not in every aspect of it, but I'm sure when you first started your first one, you had to be in each aspect. We have a lesson program, but it's all on paper written out. Like this, these are the processes. This is what you're going to learn at level one. This is what you'll learn at level two. This is what you're going to, you know, what we're going to get you to at level three. And then I have my employees, they have to make it through level one and two to be able to teach level one. Mm -hmm. And they have to make mm -hmm. it through to one, two, three to be able to teach two. And so it has a similar like karate type uh, aspect as far as like the educational level. But, you know, it, as long as I have employees that have made it through to a certain point, then there is a level of standoff. As far as the guided trail rides, the same employees that have proven themselves to be uh, to understand the the foundational horsemanship are able to take out guided trail rides. So I'm not needed to take out all of the the rides. Um, the big picture, I'm still a part of all aspects of you know making this thing the thing that it's going to be. Um, but we have a we have a really strong team, so it should eventually get itself to a point where. Uh, I could get it off the ground completely and then replicate it again. So, so that's your, that's kind of where, where your, your, your plan is on this. And so you've used your, you've used the model in order to, to kind of help enhance uh, the experience for veterans is what, what you've done, making yeah. sure that they have a way. Now, do you have some vets that work with you there? You have volunteers? So I, I don't have volunteers. I, I think that the volunteer system uh, can be abused, so I just don't do it. What I do have is student assistants, uh, and those are people that are in our program, in our horsemanship program, and they're they can be around, similar to a volunteer, but their sole uh, objective is to be with the horses. So they're not mucking stalls, they're not, you know, fixing cleaning. They're just with the horses. They're grooming. They're they're bathing. They're going on rides. They're they're better in their horsemanship. They're in the round pins or arenas. They, so it's uh, it gives them more time under saddle and more time around the horses to better their horsemanship. Oh, that's yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely good. That, that's, it just sounds awesome. Just to have that ocean view thing is like, Hey, I don't, I've never done that. So this here, it, it sounds awesome because I, you know, of course you see it in the movies, people riding, you know, on the beach and stuff like that. You just, I've never experienced that. Well, come on. I'm experiencing that. that. If I come, I'm telling you, if I'm coming out that way, I'm experiencing that. Absolutely. You better I'm, let I'm, me know. I'll, I'll be taking your ride out. Yeah, that's that's definitely something uh, up my alley. I get I'm thinking about it, right? And I'm like, man, why can't the guys and uh, you know, because I can't all, all my vet boys and and our college oh, yeah. just come up to you, man, and we go do that one time. It just sounds like a 
you know, a guy's trip. That Yeah. And very soon we'll have pods in the back and you'll be able to stay on property. I have a beautiful ocean view on the, and your place to stay, be able to do a clinic and a trail ride and uh, get some barbecue from our, our, our food truck. Yeah. It'll be, a, yeah, that's, yeah, Zach, man, that sounds awesome, man. It sounds so good. That sounds so good. So unique, man. I, I, I can't wait to blast this out to uh, my other vets. You know, they'll be, the, uh, the vets will all be listening to this podcast too and, and see what we can do. And at least, cause you know how, I mean, I don't know how, how it is, but I'm telling you, it is a small community vets. They're almost like, uh, you know, they can sniff each other out in a crowd yeah. as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, it, it's so weird. Uh, and we're the same way, you know, with, when law enforcement, you just kind of, I don't know, you just kind of, you can, you can catch the vibe. You can feel, you know, uh, what it is. And, you know, they start asking questions and they start, you know, Hey, you know, what you got? And I'm i uh, I'm going to school for uh, computer science right now. And I walked into one of my classes and I'm like, ah, walked right up to a person, sat down next to him. Like you've been sniped. You're in the military or you were in the military. And he's like, <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's it is right. So Daniela saying, you know, Amelia would love this. He, you know, she's asking again where you're located. Go ahead and tell her that city that you're actually in. So, so we're, we're located just a few minutes from the San Francisco zoo. Um, and we're, our, the city is called, uh, Dali city, D A L Y city. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, basically San Francisco we're, we're right on. If you, if you walk 25 feet out of our property, you're in San Francisco. So, yeah, I think that, uh, I think that when it's in, when San Francisco, I think I've been to that zoo. I think I've been, have I been to that zoo? Yeah. He was, he'll be her husband, Daniela, who you're talking to, Emilio. He'll be a mouthpiece for this for sure. He'll talk about it all the time. And he's got a huge following. He'll talk about this to all his vets all the time. So this is why, this is what the, the beauty of podcasting is, right? We talked about that a little bit. How do we get our, how do we get out what we do? And you just never know who's listening, who has the next big audience that that you'll be able to to service with and 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 do and so this is what else is daniela asking she says yeah, so, so do you, people you just show online. up how do we, yeah you so book, you book online book. at uh, oceanviewstables.com and when you're booking there'll be a section that says uh veteran or uh or regular writer and if you push the veteran and then you put the code veteran in as it will t uh, tell you to do then it'll just cut the cost completely it'll just be zero for your veteran writer yeah, this is good. She said, yes, absolutely. Amelia will definitely share this information. She said, this is amazing. This is a good, uh, this is a good contact. You know, he's a yeah, great, he, he's a, he is a energetic, uh, energetic dude for sure. It's, it's so good. Yeah. That's awesome. That's the beauty of podcasting right here. Just, just, uh, to, to get into the, into the practicality now. So you're, you're asking, so more of the therapy, you got the writing part. So, are you helping the vets? So when they come in to ride or, or any rider, it doesn't have to be vets. Do you think that, uh, do you think that, do you take them through, Hey, this is how you put the saddle on. Do you take them through the, the whole aspect of the horse? Yeah. So it, it depends. So if they're coming for a guided trail ride and that's their, the, the scope of their experience and that's what they want, they will uh, be taught basic safety. Then they'll be taught, uh, how to ride at a basic level, uh, well enough for them to be able to get on this guided trail ride and and uh, not 
take a, their own, you know, venture onto a different trail. Um, just, just the, the basics. Uh, that being said, if they're interested in more, then we offer more. They can learn all of the foundations of horsemanship. We teach it all. And they could learn uh, horse anatomy, parts of the saddle, how to saddle, uh, horse emotions. They could learn the the whole process of how to ride. Uh, it's it's a it's a in depth program. Like I said, we I do clinics uh, often. I put them on the, the the website, and it's veteran only clinics, and it's like leadership with horses, or it's uh, you know intro to horses clinic where I'll teach them how to saddle, how to groom, and how to ride basically. But I. I put, I package these and put them out. Um, and, and so there's those options. There's the lessons. They could do those as well. Uh, they, or they could do the, the guided trail ride, which is just basic knowledge and then a fun experience. And do you do anything outside of the riding? Is there any other kind of cowboying that you guys do? Do you have, um, uh, or is it just basic riding that's at the, at the, yeah. So, Absolutely. so when you do level one, it gets you the foundational horsemanship at level two, we really dive into like the, the finer equitation. And at level three, I have this, this fun concept. It's uh, uh the seven and seven concept. Uh, I want you to go to seven different disciplines for different competitions and do seven, uh, uh, comp seven of those competitions for each one of them. And I sponsor my students with my horses intact. So like right now we're doing endurance. Uh, so endurance racing and so we're going to go to seven different endurance races those who are in this program with me and uh at the end of it uh, i'm going to go to tevis and whoever you know makes it that far and wants to to, to join me will we'll go to tevis with me which is like a hundred mile two-day race um yeah that is yeah that's awesome danielle was asking how far i am how far i am from san francisco is a 45 minute plane ride or a probably a four or five hour drive you know what I mean? To get to, to get to where he's at from me, but it's a nice drive. It's up the coast. It's a different drive for California. So it's a nice drive to get up there for sure. You know, I'm telling you that you're going to, this is, this is pretty awesome. Now this endurance riding. So you said there's seven different ones. So let's talk about this, man. That, you know, I'm about this, uh, this competition type stuff. So what's when you're going out with this now, what's an endurance ride? Tell me about that. Yeah. What is that looking so like? The endurance race that we're doing um, this weekend is a 50-mile race, uh, and it's around the Sonoma Lake. And so it's, it's a cool concept because we're going to be racing uh, other people, and it's a 50-mile uh, race. But you have to be vetted, like I think it's every quarter. So your horse, you'll get stopped. Everybody gets stopped. Uh, it's like your pit stop. And the vets will check your horse to make sure that it's completely sound, and then you have to pulse your horse down to a standing heart rate before you're allowed to continue the race. So it's not just like who can go faster, but who can regulate their horse and keep their horse healthy and, and, and uh, capable through this whole process. So you got to have some horsemanship and some care for your horse along with, uh, you know, good conditioning and, and, uh, ability to, to make this 50 mile race. It's, it's a fun, fun. So, I, well, that would be, I would imagine like an endurance race, gosh, that would mean, it's not only the horse that has to deal with that. It's, it's, it's the rider also. Cause riding 50 miles does not sound good on the crotch area. If you're <laughs> not ready for it. Now I would imagine. Yeah, no, it's going to be a workout for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So what is the, so you said there's seven of those. So what's another one of those? What's another, yeah. what's, what's some of the other ones? 
So I, I don't really uh, dictate it. I let my team dictate. So the, the students that I have, if they want to do team penning or if they want to do sorting or if they want to do cutting or raining or rain cow horse or, or bell racing, it, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm open. If they want to do jumping, uh, we'll figure it out. I, I don't need to be proficient in this. What I want to build is the universal horseman. I don't want to, to, to tunnel us in into one specific thing. If somebody finds one that they're really interested in, like, let's say that I have, uh, you know, a team of kids and we did cutting and, you know, we, we do a very mediocre version of cutting and, and it was fun. And one of them's like, no, no, I really like this. Great. I'm going to call up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that I know who is, is, is really good at this and say, hey, I've got this kid. I've, I've gotten him started. He's doing really well. Uh, and she wants to uh, go further. So you should take this person on and, and, and push them to the next level. I'm not. I'm trying to build the universal horseman, not not the cutting horseman. And you know, that's, right. I there's a whole other world for that. So that's so interesting. Not the correlations between a martial arts school, right? Because you get them started in martial arts or self defense, and then all of a sudden, hey, this one, hey, I want to go to this next level of competition. And I would say, well, this is this is where we're at. I'm at this level. Okay, I can take you up this far. If we're going to kick it into a new level, you're going to get to a, you need to get to a fight gym. That's where all they do is live and breathe fight. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, and then I would do the same thing. I, the correlations between it is so, um, it's so awesome that I can't, it, it's, it's amazing how, how, how just in, in sync they are with each other and how you set it up, you know, going through different levels. Cause it's the same thing here. You can't, if you're going to be an instructor. You got to go through level one instructor all the way up to expert five. Once you get to expert five, then you're, this is the level you're in. And then on the next one is to teach the teachers, right? Right. Yep. This is the next level. And you got to be a certain level in order to even be able to teach the teachers and be able to go through those, that process. And so that's just, that's just awesome. And we were off cameras, Zach, we were talking about, uh, about your journey, even in the martial arts, you said that you started a little bit now uh, on your own level and going to a uh, 10th planet and some doing some jujitsu now. Is that correct? Yeah. So like I was telling you, I, I did combatives uh, when I was in the military and, you know, I, I kind of lived off that high for a little bit. I was like, yeah, I did some combatives. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, it's been, you know, a long time now. And I was like, okay, well my, my buddy has been training with me, working out. Uh, he's like, Hey, let's go to 10th planet. Let's, let's start um uh working you know working that into the regiment and actually i'm going to go back a couple steps the reason we're doing this is because my business partner and i um we were like hey if we ever get a dispute we should just like take it to the octagon so like if we have a business dispute whoever wins in the octagon they get they win you know so and we're like yeah we could turn the round pin into the octagon and we'll just fight it out there but then we're like okay well we have no idea how to fucking fight so so that we can actually put this into our business plan and make it a real thing and i'm just thinking like if we have a business which we will like in our 80s we're gonna be like fuck it bring it to the octagon That's- i don't want to do it <laughs> this is now see this is business planning man this is business planning 101 (laughs) if i tap your ass that's right if i tap your ass it's my way bro yeah now my my business partner is a an outstanding uh wrestler like he 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 did it through college and everything and i'm like fuck i really (laughs) i gotta out train him now so (laughs) before we ever hit the octagon i've gotta i've gotta you know be putting three days in a, a week while he puts his one in so (laughs) <laughs> well, that's definitely 
definitely unique, a unique individual. We'll get back at that. We're going to talk about that in a second. Danielle has a question for you. She goes, so would you say you DUI was a blessing in disguise? Would, would you be where you are now serving veterans and making a difference in that if that didn't happen? And did that make you get sober? Yeah, no way. If I, if, if I didn't do, if I didn't get the DUI, I would not have been anywhere near where I'm at in this, in this life. And I'm, I, I'm more fortunate than I deserve. And, uh, it's, it, it took, it took hitting rock bottom for me to completely change the route and where I was going and, and the route I was going to school for it. It would have been, I think I would have been more selfish. I was going a different route, a, a route to, uh, following money rather than following passion. And, uh, it took it took this this plummet to the bottom for me to be like you know what I'm already here I'm already at the bottom what's the worst that's going to happen if I just just chase my dream and I I I don't think that I would have done that if I had more responsibility you know so yeah I think that's good I, and I know Danielle's husband and Amelia will tell you his story too he's in uh, he's he's close to his one year sobriety as it is uh, from from drinking that I think that that's good for definitely a lot of yeah it's definitely. It's definitely uh, one of those things. Now, I didn't get that. I can tell you this. I I went down this the same road you, that you did as far as uh, not drinking and stuff, but did the depression road, injuries, stuff like that. Kind of take your warriorship out of a man is is uh, uh, it sucks. You know what I mean when you when when that happens, and that's why I was asking about the jujitsu. And I was telling you, I you know when I when I went to on base and and. and so, these guys, they all said the same thing. I went through combatives class. So like, tell, tell the experience on, on, on your first, on the first day when you hit the mats, if those combatives came into play at all. <laughs> oh, well, it, you know, it's really hard to do combatives when, when my, my competitor is wearing a t-shirt, not a fucking, uh, <laughs> uniform. I'm sorry, guys, not a uniform. Like, the way the combatives works is you're, you know, you're using a uniform and if you don't That's... have that, what the heck am I supposed to do? Like, hey, no, no, put on the right uniform. Is that what I'm going to tell the enemy? I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it completely changed the whole concept to me. I'm like, am I going to fight against somebody who, who's who's wearing a, uh, a you know, a suit? <laughs> I don't think so. It's, so, well, and, and right. And so in the jujitsu world, that's the that's the big thing. Tenth Planet, right? They know him for no gi. And so. Yeah. Uh, and then you have gi and, and, and you got and you got the no gi. And, and this is the big the big talk. And I tell you know I relate jujitsu to two things right when you got a gi on and when you got no gi so gi when it, with a gi on you have like breaks you know what I mean you, you like like you're going downhill and you can break here and you can and you can pin here and you can do that and doing no gi it's kind of like going downhill with no breaks I mean it's just nonstop action it's it's this it's, you don't have grips you don't have this and so you have to be a little bit more unique not that they both don't have a have a place I I believe that they both have a place I'm I'm. I'm self-defense oriented as much as I love jujitsu. I'm still self-defense oriented, but on the same token, you know, you get in a fight with somebody that has a hoodie on like I do or, um, a, a suit jacket or stuff. Uh, and you get, get to grips on those and uh, you'll choke them out just like they're wearing a gi. You know what I mean? Without, without, they, they don't even know it before yeah. they've been, they're going to sleep. And that was just one, one concept. I mean, they, they right. wiped the floor with me on like 99% of the, the ways they could. I was just like, that's the one thing I remember from combatives that, that, that I could not implement. <laughs> that's it's, I was, I was, we were talking a little bit on what a humbling experience it is. We've got one girl here talking about a DUI, my main instructor, and she's a female here and she is gnarly in jujitsu. She, she's a, a competitor and, and she was just hit by uh, a drunk driver 
we're lucky she's alive. She's got a pin in her leg now. And uh, that DUI, um, you know, it took her out for probably a good six months. You know what I mean? It's, 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 that was a major blow to us. And she's like a daughter to me anyway. So, and I've lost a, a student in back in 1996, 94, 96, uh, named Carlos to a driving to the studio was hit head on by a drunk driver and killed. So those, those things, you know, they, I, I tell everybody these DUIs, man, are do not is, is not necessary in today's world. Not not with Uber and Lyft and everything. It's just not a crime that has to be okay. So I get where that's at, and I'm hoping you find. And we were talking about your training too. I think that that's another place where growth happens. Just like I think in your horse, uh, you know, where you're kind of grooming and you're kind of getting to be one. And I I don't know if it's like jujitsu this way. Do you feel that? everybody has a different way with horses, just like they have a different journey in jujitsu. Do you feel like connections are different? How do, how do you see that? Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you had 10 uh, trainers in a room, uh, you'd have 10 different ways to train. And, you know, we all, we're, it's theory based and, and I, I follow, uh, you know, Dornish brothers and the Ray Hunt style of uh, natural horsemanship. And a lot of people do, but even with everybody who follows that, you know, you have your own twists and turns on how you do it. Uh, as long as you're doing what's right for the horse, how you get there, as long as you get there is, is a, you know, a, a dance that, that is different person to person. So, um, and sometimes like I'm teaching my students and, and, and I'm showing, you know, like, this is how you get the horse to do X, Y, and Z. And, and then they're doing it and they did something that was a little bit different, but it, it worked so much better. I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute. Let's read, let's, let's step back a second. I like that. <laughs> And so mm -hmm. it's ever developing and um, I'm constantly looking for new mentors and, and people that can get me to the next level constantly. Um, you know, this is it's just like jujitsu and, and, and uh, your sport. You can't stop learning. There's always uh, something else that you can add to your, your toolbox. Bro, there is always somebody freaking batter on the mat and that you're learning from. I'm telling you, you I, I tell this quite often. People say it quite often and I, I, it could be true with the horse now i'm thinking that i can't believe how many correlations there are to it as the more we talk about it but you know the mat really doesn't develop your character it really reveals your character yes you know I, what i mean same with horses. so uh horses are a reflection of you so. yeah, correct right it, i guess it, it has to be because i see it all i tell my students here all the time i'm like you know how you react to loss talks a lot about what you are, how you react to your wins, tell you a lot about what you are. Uh, are you humble uh, in, in winning and humble in losing? Uh, are you okay with tapping or do you have an ego because you have to tap, you know, or do you have to win everything? And it just starts curving you. And I watch it in my own students, like in, at white belt level, they're the worst, right? They're the, they're the most dangerous ones to roll with. They have no control. They have no idea what they're, what they're capable of. And you, you know, nobody wants to roll with, with white belts. We say it quite often. Listen, man, white belt lives don't matter. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and so I, I think that's the same correlation. I don't know if you, if you find that it just, the, the horse will reveal your character. And if you have to refine your character to the horse, does that, do you feel that's the same this, thing? This is why it, it's so therapeutic. So like when you want to work with a horse, you, you're, you're either making a horse a little better or a little worse every time you work with it. And if you can't tell me how you made him better, you've made him worse. So it's very, very dangerous to go in there without an idea, 
without knowing why you're going into the, the, the job, what you're trying to get out of a horse and, and, and then, and then working towards that goal. So that's, that's one aspect. Another aspect is here's, here's something analogy I, I really like. If, if you are driving to the stables and somebody cuts you off and that pisses you off and you honked and you're just frustrated because that, that person pissed you off and you're going to the ranch and you're like, Oh, that mother. <laughs> and you go up there and you get your horse out and you put him in the round pin. You're going to work with him. That horse is going to see and feel all that. You can't lie to that horse. You can't, you can't say to that horse, Oh, everything's fine. That horse feels it. And, and that horse doesn't know that you just got cut off. That horse sees you as a predator and you're hungry and that horse, is afraid that you're going to try to eat them or something, you know, it's yeah. their mind is, is set on, okay, there's something wrong and, and they're going to, they're going to, it's going to reflect in them. Uh, if you can't figure out and calm yourself down and regulate yourself before you go work with a horse, the horse is going to tell you, uh, and, and you can't hide that from him. So. Yes. I, I, I that's so, man, that's so true. I remember black too. Black could always know when you you're, you know, you're kind of frustrated. Uh, and then, he would like he would be the calmer you know what i mean and i can tell when he has a little bit of anxiety i would be the calmer i remember i remember this vividly i'm kind of remember it has been so many years since i did it but you know daniel says this is true too right it's just like true it says money change money doesn't change you it reveals you who you really are same on the mat that's true yeah and uh she and what's she right yeah money is <laughs> the same thing money amplifies you so is power like you just become more of who you are um, and, and with, with horses, if, if you're an angry person, uh, you know, that's going to reflect on your horse really, you know, amplified. Uh, and if you're a timid person, well, your horse is going to get timid because it's going to think there's a reason to be timid. So it's going to reflect that. Uh, and if you're calm, your horse is going to be calm because it's going to feel like everything's okay. So you're going to, you're going to see a lot of you coming out of that horse. So Zach, so when you're teaching interesting, right? I, I keep on coming back to this, uh, mindset of a teacher so when you're teaching somebody your horsemanship are you giving these life lessons on the same thing just like i do on the mat hey man when you're angry you can't function uh, when it, and and then if you can't function your your partner's not going to be able to function and then you got two losing battles going on at the same time are you able to give these life lessons when you're doing horsemanship well i have to for the horse's sake so i have to explain how this is going to affect the horse every step of the way because you know, I, I care about those horses more than I care about the people, to be honest. And the, the, the people come second. And <laughs> and I'm going to... That's I'm, I'm gonna true with any animal. Yeah. Uh, like, just the other day, I had an employee, two employees bickering, and one of them threw a big fit, and then he thought he was going to get on a horse. I was like, no, no, you take take a step. I'll take this ride out. You're, you're going to regulate yourself. And if you if I come back and you seem to be okay, then, then we'll talk about you getting on a horse. I, I won't allow it, so... Yes, that's interesting. Now, now you have a certain horse that's yours, that you have your horse. Do you have one that's super bonded with you? Uh, I would say all of them, but uh, I do have one horse that has a particular story that is uh, um, that makes him bonded to me the most. He was trained by some jerk cowboy who wanted to turn him into a bronking horse and, um, you know, put the fear of God into him and, and made him you know, Buck is as good as he possibly could. And, and I got him out of that situation. And, and I, I've been, you know, I wanted to really work on proving my horsemanship. So 
I got him as soft as I possibly could on every little detail, made him so soft and, and like overemphasized, you know, getting him to, to, to move off of this just real soft feel and, and him and I built a nice con, uh, you know, a nice relationship. And, uh, then what I found was I made him to the point where I, I couldn't put anybody on him, like, cause he had this <laughs> buck in him and, and, and what happens if he's trying to get out of pressure and, you know, they, they look for, if you put pressure on them, they're going to go through the steps of what they know to try to, to problem solve this pressure to get it to be released. Uh, and so one of his tools in his toolbox is to turn back into a bronking horse. And so if somebody gets on this horse and they're more, they put on more pressure, it doesn't have to be a lot more pressure, but more pressure than I put on. And I made him super soft. He's going to go through his problem solving steps. And one of them is bronking. And then he throws the person off and it's like, whew, nobody can ride him. So for the longest time, only me, like, and in a very small handful of, of my, 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 my students that have made it to a, a certain level of horsemanship are allowed to ride him. And so while he's, I wouldn't say I, I love all my horses, but him and I have a bond because almost nobody can ride him but me. <laughs> that's and I almost interesting don't want to fix that. I just, I like it, you know? Yeah, so. that's, that's, that's super interesting story. That's super interesting story. Do you have horses that have come out of trauma too that have, besides him, that that have become um you know awesome therapeutic horses coming from a trauma to this almost all my horses except for like the the bred performance horses come out of some sort of trauma uh you know i i I seek out horses with severe behavioral issues and then i work through the behavioral issues and then i get them to the point where i put any client on them whether it's a six-year-old or it's a 80-year-old and and they can get on them just fine going down the trails on the lessons and and so my goal is to get this horse to be, you know, gentle enough for anybody to, to, to be able to get on them. And, and, you know, that gives them a second chance. Now you have, you know, children and, and uh, people coming out, veterans coming out, grooming them, loving on them, you know, riding them, giving them treats. It's, it's a better life than, than, you know, having an owner that's scared of them, which is the contrast of what, you know, like what, where I take them from. So do, do you have horses also you breed? Do you breed those or you look for them mostly? No, I don't breed horses. Um, so like, it, like the performance horses, we'll, we'll buy them for the specific, you know, for, for certain types of mm-hmm. uh, competition sometimes. Um, I'm a big fan of, again, the universal horseman. I, I, I like the idea of being able to get a horse to do everything well. Um, th- I don't need to be great at it. My horse doesn't need to be great at it. But if I can move my horse along to many different elements of horsemanship and, uh, and competition, then I feel like, you know, that that's proof of a well-rounded horse and a well-rounded uh, horseman is it a traditional business zach or is it a 50503 no so this is this is a traditional business um i was uh um looking at the 501c3 uh, as a, an, a a second aspect to this um for maybe a veteran therapy program and what i found with that is you know when i when i got my dui i i was in a lot of you know I was going through trauma and anxiety and, and a lot of things. And I, there's no way in hell I was going to go to a therapist. No way in hell. It, it didn't cross my mind that I was in any position where I needed to go talk to a therapist. And I wouldn't. I would never have done that. And so my problem with making this a more um, established therapy program rather than this red tape struck, you know, you can come ride for free and enjoy the horses. The problem with going the other way is I'm going to start adding that red tape. And now people are going to have to say, hey, I have a problem to come do this thing. When what I really want is those people like myself who are not going to admit this, who are too strong of a man or a woman to, to go through 
you know, the, the process, they can still come and they can still work with the horse and they can accidentally possibly get help. Ah, interesting. Interesting. So did, so did you go through any, any therapy yourself or not, or did you use the horses? No, I go through therapy now. Uh, and I, and I, I, I go through the process now I've, I've, I've self-reflected and I've, I've learned that there, there's some, some help, but most of it is through horses, but I do, um, you know, when needed, talk to people about it. But I mm -hmm. found that, that the best thing for me through all process, I've tried a lot of things, nothing quite hits like, uh, helping a horse along. Yeah. That's awesome. Such a, such a cool thing. I knew this would be an awesome hour to kind of, kind of talk about this. And I, I never, this is what I'm talking about. Like when I do these organic, uh, interviews, the correlation between what I do and what you do, the martial arts and the, and, and the horsemanship. And I had a horse, you know, I think that's why it kind of all drew to me anyway. Cause I, you know, I, I got to experience having a horse and, and my aunt raises paint horses. That's what she's done ever since I was a little kid out in Modesto. She has paint horses and that's what she did forever. And they, she, she's had beautiful show horses come out of her, out of her stock, you know? And so I've been around that for a long time. I've always felt that horses are, uh, they're just, I don't know. There's just something about them. You know, you know, I'm a, I'm a dog person too. You know, there's something about the animals that I like, I've always liked hanging out with just being with. So I, I, I get, I get that how therapeutic that is for those military guys but we're already coming up on our hour man so i want to give this um let's see what's this last comment we got is it daniela let's see what she says she says this was awesome thank you for what you do zachary great interview i would definitely have emilio reach out yeah her, her husband will probably reach out to you and have a conversation with you and he'll he'll really put what you do out there on the app on on the map especially for the uh, military guys for sure yeah, you know, horses are a reflection into your soul. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yes, hundred percent. So let me give you the last uh, last few seconds, uh, Zach, to where people can find you and and how to reach out to you. What's the best What's the best way? Go ahead and give me your Facebook page and your you, we've got your website out there. So go ahead and give them how to get a hold of you. Yeah. So I mean, I I'm if you want to reach me personally, you can reach me at Zachary at oceanviewstables.com. If you want to reach our facility, just go on to oceanviewstables.com and book a ride. Uh, like I said, you can reach me if you have questions about horses or, or what we do or why we do it. I'm uh, happy to answer them and uh, veterans ride for free, of course. So come out to our facility and, and enjoy what we, what we offer. So that's good. So, you know, re reaching out to the vets, too, that are out there that are listening that, uh, and, or listening on, on you know, uh, replay. Uh, and it'll be on audio. I'll have this on audio for you also, Zach. So we have this on video, but I'll have an audio portion of this, too, so people can just listen to it in, in their in their drive. And you can always direct them to the audio or the or the or the video part of it at YouTube. It doesn't really matter, but it, I'll have that done for you later today. It'll be out for audio. I'll send it to you so you can share it with your other audience out there. But if we do have vets listening and, you know, you're struggling, I'm sure Zach has no problem, um, you know, talking to you guys uh, or directing you on what you can do. So you guys make sure you reach out. We want to keep make sure our, our veterans are always safe. And I appreciate the hour with you, Zach. I, I look forward to it. We are going to set something up. We are going to come. Uh, we're going to make a, a guy's trip out of this. We're going to come in. Yeah. 
and we'll really get to get to know you. I'll bring I'll bring some cool cats with me when I when I come too. So all right, let's do it. All right, all right, all right. Really enjoyed Thanks the attack. Appreciate it, man. You've been listening to Real Talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.